to to pray there uh, for for Brother Caleb, and you know, honestly, I, I just love hearing missionaries with a vision for their field, and just um, the excitement and the passion that comes out of uh, of of just the, the vision that the Lord's given them and the work, and we're excited to see see the Lord do all of that because He can, and we're glad to be part of that, and and I hope church that encourages you to just continue to be faithful, and um, you know. Uh, we just have to do our bit as well as a, as a church to uh, to be faithful in our place and be fruitful and, and to partner with them. And, um, you know, it's not the first time I've been mixed up with, with someone else, you know. And um, Brother Jim, I hope you don't mind me sharing this story, but years ago he came up, he was uh, part of, part of um, Lighthouse in Rockhampton and he and a group, uh, we were hosting a youth conference in, in Sydney. And, you know, I'd, I'd known Brother Jim for a few years at that point. He, we played soccer together, all of that. And so I asked him to come. On, it was, a, it was a, I think, one of the mornings of youth conference. I said, Brother Jim, would you come and open our, open our service in a word of prayer? And he comes up, and uh, he starts praying, and he's, he's thanking the Lord for me. And he goes, uh, brother, um, <clears throat> brother. Um. And, and the worst thing that happened, he said, brother Herman. <laughs> and if you know me, I have a bit of a complex about that. And, and basically, the whole, the youth conference just lost it. And um, I don't know who, I, I probably was preaching that morning as well. And I, that, that was probably laid an egg that morning. But um, so anyway, it could have been worse. But um, Mark chapter 2, Mark chapter 2 this evening, and uh, we've had a good weekend, really encouraged by, by the, just the, the, the heart of the church to invite, and there's a good number of, of first-time guests on Sunday morning. It's good to see on, on a church anniversary morning the, the church house full, and had great opportunities to, to speak with, with, uh, with our guests about the Lord, and and I uh, appreciate those who made that effort to, um, to invite and, um, and, you know, whether your guests came or not, I, I think we've planted a seed and that's what we just, just hope to do. And, and then also just uh, the Sunday evening, just glad that we can reflect a little bit. I hope that that was an encouragement uh, to you all. If you, um, if you weren't able to come and you'd like a copy of the 45-year the book and the, the church photo, you can grab that um, even tonight, but we'll certainly have more copies on Sunday morning, uh, this coming Sunday. But we're glad that we can, uh, we can do that. But Mark chapter 2, and uh, notice verse 1. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door, and he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they, lay, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. And notice verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And I always... Uh, find it interesting as, uh, as you read through the, the ministry of the Lord that there were those who were of great need that he always encountered. And 
you know, when you think about the, the, the ministry of the Lord and all of the great miracles that he performed, uh, no doubt you, your mind goes to the, the reality of the conditions that they uh, were going through, the, the reality of the fact that many of those that Jesus encountered actually couldn't, couldn't help themselves. They, they had no answer. They had no other hope. They had no other means of which they could relieve themselves of the condition that they were in. And oftentimes when we, we read through the Gospels and we read through these stories, we can sometimes be disconnected with the, the reality of that. You know, we live in a society that just by and large, we, we believe somehow that we have some sort of advancement and technology to be able to, to help those that have great needs. We live in a society that we would term as a commonwealth and we have great, uh, great mechanisms to help those who are needy. And oftentimes when we're thinking about a society in need, the, the thing that we think about is it's someone else's responsibility. It's someone else's, uh, someone else has that, that means to help that one. And yet, the, the truth of the matter is, regardless of our advancements as, as a people, as a society, there are still those who really, when you think about it, can't help themselves. They just have great need. And no doubt, if you have the habit at times of, of walking through even our downtown in, in Brisbane, you'll see those that are sleeping outside and have, are, are homeless and are needy. But the, just really the general condition of people is this. When it comes to it, we all are needy. When it comes to it, there are things in our lives that we can't help ourselves in. And we hope that as, as we look around that there would be perhaps others that would notice and would lend us a helping hand. And what we find here is a typical really scene in the ministry of Jesus. And I love what the Bible says here. He entered into Capernaum and we know that Capernaum was really his home base of operations. I love the vision that, that Brother Caleb uh, mentioned there about having a base of operations. And, and generally speaking, when Jesus... Uh, was, was in, uh, here on earth. He, he often came back to Capernaum. That was his place of, of rest. That was his base of operation, so to speak. And notice what the Bible says. After some days, it was noise that he was in the house, and straightway many were gathered together. And I love that, that if we would just, just focus on having Jesus in the house, then God will bring them to us. You know, sometimes we can sort of Think about how, how do we draw a crowd? Do we do this or do we do that? But we just need to just make sure that Jesus is in the house. <laughs> and we just need to make sure that he has the liberty and he has the freedom and he has the, the, we are submitted to his leading and he is preeminent in this place. And, and I hope that that's our heart and desire. And it was noise that he was in the house and straightway many were gathered together and notice this, that in so much that there was no room to receive them. That means there was a standing room only and beyond. And, and you know, Jesus took the, the, the cue there and he say, the Bible says that he preached the word unto them. And I love the fact that, again, the, just the, the simplicity of our Lord in his ministry, that, that whilst the, 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 the noise or the news of him being there drew the people in, he did the very thing that we should do when there's a crowd and just give the word of God. 
And he just gave the word of God. And, and it was really a typical scene in the ministry of, of Jesus. Wherever he was, there were multitudes that gathered that wanted to hear him preach. That wanted to hear the word of God expounded. That wanted to hear the word of God um, and, and, and be uh, at times even amazed by it and then changed by it. But then notice what happens. And they come unto him. So in the midst of this scene, bringing one sick of the palsy which was born of four. And, and it, suddenly in this typical scene, there was a bit of a, what we would say, a disruption. And, and these came, these four came with someone who had great need. And, and I was just thinking about how th there are so many in our, in, probably in our, in, our, in our mids, and there are many th that we would come across in our week who's just like that man, sick of the palsy, he couldn't get there himself. He just needed others to get around him. And I'm glad that this man who was sick of the palsy had, had these four who had enough care, had enough compassion to notice a need, but not just notice a need, be motivated enough to do something about it. And, and you know, there's many times that I think that, that, that God brings, brings us along the path of some, someone that has a need and we're not sensitive enough at times, I believe, to the Lord in His, in His sovereignty in our lives to purposely get us across someone who has a need without us understanding, with us understanding that actually we're the ones who are supposed to go ahead and try to make an effort for that person. You know, many times I know that, uh, that in my life there's, uh, there's been opportunities where uh, there's been a need that, that, that is obvious and evident that perhaps in, in just five minutes I could have done something to alleviate a little bit of that. I remember years ago I was working in the city. I was just first year out of high school and I was taking what you would call a gap year and I was just working in the city for an insurance company and, uh, and this particular man that I had walked past, he was, a, he, he, he was obviously homeless and had obviously... Uh, been, been out on the street for quite a while, but it just seemed to be that, that, that whichever way I took to work, for about a week, I just ran across him. And you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not someone who's superstitious. I just figured, you know, it was just coincidence, but eventually God got through, you know, my heart and heart and my, and my, uh, my insensitivity that I was meant to talk to this man. And so eventually I did, I... I I sat with him a little bit and I asked him, you know, what, what happened? He told me his story and he said, I hadn't eaten for a couple of days. And so there was a Hungry Jacks around the corner. So I said, hey, let's go in and, and, and grab a bite. And, and we did. We sat for a little while. And, uh, you know, I purposely that morning went a little bit earlier to, to go to the office. And we sat and had breakfast at the Hungry Jacks there at Wynyard Station. And he told me the story. And you know what that afforded me? It afforded me an opportunity to give him the word. And I was able to sit with him and talk, talk to him about the need that he actually had. And it wasn't just the physical need, it was the, the need for, the, for his eternity. And I was able to lead that, that homeless man to Christ. I was able to give him a, a phone number to, to help him further. And, and you know, the next day I didn't find him there and I just supposed that he, was, he, he had found a little bit of Help. But I, I think about that, and I think about how many times, if we're not sensitive to the Lord, 
There are those that are just obvious and in our midst, not even in those kind of situations that perhaps we can lend a helping hand. And, and I, I'm just glad that this man who, had, who was uh, sick of the palsy had enough friends around him, these four at least, who just were able to at least notice and consider that he had a need. And I wonder if, if not just that we have needs ourselves, but I wonder if we would just be the kind of friends enough that we would notice and be available to those around us who have needs that God brings to our attention. You know, uh, after the, this, this, this weekend, you know, uh, no doubt there were those throughout the, the, the course of Monday, I know I felt a real, real oppressiveness. There was a spiritual warfare that was raging. And, and I'm glad that I had some friends that I could uh, quickly text and say, hey, could you pray for me? And, and, and I wonder if you're that kind of friend that someone could reach out to in their moment of need and be like these ones who can, who can bear the burden of another. Hey, isn't that the law of Christ? Isn't that what we're supposed to do? And these four, they at least had the sensitivity to see that this man had a need and they went ahead and they brought him and they were, they were, they born, uh, they bore this man's burden. And, and notice what happened. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had, no, had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. So they get to it. They, they saw the big crowd. And then they saw that not only did they need to, to bear this man's burden, they had to go the extra mile. They had to go another level. They had to make greater effort. And isn't that so often the case? When you go to help, you find that there's more effort and more need to help. And, you know, that's often when we then, then sort of let, let the burden down a little bit. That's often when there's that, when you have to go the extra mile, when we go, you know what, maybe it's not worth, maybe this is all that I can do. But I'm glad that this, this man had enough friends who, when they looked at the press and they, could, they, they, they understood what needed to happen, they went the extra mile and made the extra effort. And, and again, I think that's, that's when uh, I've observed in, in many missionaries that I've, I've traveled with, they've got that heart. You know, Pastor Shemish often says that, that in ministry, we, we want a sanitized version of ministry. Something where we don't have to get our hands dirty. Something where we don't have to get in the muck and the mire at times. And, and sometimes, sometimes that's actually where, it's, it, where we're called to and where it's most needed. And these men, they had to go the extra mile and they had to put in, exert extra effort. And, and you know, sometimes it just, it just means for us that all we can do is, is go that extra distance for someone. You know, I was having a conversation with... Uh, with one of our young adults, and, and they were just, just sharing their burden for others. And, and particularly, the, just, just some, some family that, you know, they wanted to see one to the Lord. And I was just sharing the testimony of my a previous pastor, how, you know, for, for many years, he had desired the salvation of his parents. He, they, they, he grew up in a Catholic home, and they, they were sort of practicing Catholics, and so they weren't saved. They, they didn't know anything about, uh, about salvation, but their son was saved and he now was pastoring the, a church. And So for many years he had prayed, and I remember 
that, that there were times where he would almost, in, in, as if it was just his last effort to do, he would again say to the church, church, could you pray for my parents? You know, I'm going to go see them this week. I'm going to invite them to the anniversary. I'm going to invite them to this and just pray that I get another opportunity. And I remember, I think it was probably 15 years later, that finally after all those years of praying and just saying the same thing again, I remember the day when he stood up at the church and he said with tears, church, my parents have gotten saved. And I remember when he baptized his parents. And I remember that. And, and I think about how even when we carry the burden of others in prayer, that when we, we encounter some, some obstacles, when we encounter some resistance, when we encounter some obstacles, that we don't go the extra mile and we don't continue and we don't make the effort. And I was just convicted about that because there's many things that the Lord brought to my mind that I know I've stopped praying for. That I've just sort of thrown in and said, it's, just put it in the too hard basket. And as we've already heard tonight, there's nothing impossible for God. And we ought to desire and we ought to continue. And, and, and there's times when we are, we're going to go beyond ourselves to be able to meet the need and to be able to, to help with, a, with that burden. And I hope that we would just be as these ones, that, uh, that we would just go and say, you know what, there's a, there's a real need here and we really need to help. And notice what they did though. When they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. And what they did, they recognized that their efforts weren't enough though. They, they actually, they needed to get him to the Lord. And you know, sometimes, sometimes we do stop at our effort. Sometimes we do stop at the fact that we've done what we can. And, and we don't go beyond that and go, you know what? This person needs the Lord. This person needs his hand. And this person needs his care. And this person needs his presence in, his, in their life. And, and we need to come to the place of, you know, sometimes it's not about just us bearing that burden, but it's also us conceding and sometimes even surrendering that burden to the Lord. And sometimes it's all in our effort to help when really, ultimately, the Lord Jesus is the one that is the great burden bearer. He's the one that can alleviate that, that thing that they can't help themselves in. And I find that sometimes in this, in, 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 in this part of the, the role of pastors in, in counseling. You know, sometimes I give them all my knowledge and my understanding of it, and to be frank with you, I've not given it over to the Lord. I've not, I've not sought the Lord like I should. I've not sought Him to, to, to be the one that comes into, into that person's life to really reveal Himself and to really reveal the need. And many times we, we come at it in our, in our own strength and effort, in our, our effort to help, and that's commendable. But we ought to go, and, and really the, the greatest distance we can go for someone is to truly surrender their need to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so they go and do that, but I want you to note verse 5, and we'll close here. When Jesus saw their faith, he said. You know, Jesus didn't heal this man and forgive him of his sins because of his faith. 
Jesus actually rewarded the faith of others. And I want to say that maybe you have encountered and maybe you are one that is bearing the burden and maybe you are that friend who's carried that for quite a while and you've put the effort in. I want to tell you that he is a reward of those who diligently seek him. And sometimes someone's life will pivot, not because they could help themselves, but because they had others who had faith for them enough. And maybe it's just that we just have to get back to a place of, of faith again, of understanding that actually the God deals in this realm of faith, not in the physical, not in the things that make sense or don't make sense, but actually in that realm of just believing, the realm of just knowing that He is able, the realm of just seeing the unseeable, and just recognizing that we have a God that actually is able. And so I want to encourage you tonight, I don't know what burdens you're bearing for others. I'm glad you are because they need it. But, but maybe we would just go the extra distance. Maybe we just put in just one more day, just one more prayer. And maybe it's just taking them ultimately to the Lord for their need. And then the Lord seeing that faith and rewarding it. And then we can look back and see the, see the pivot in their lives and we can rejoice at what God can do. And so I want to encourage you tonight, you know, um, we're going to have some time of prayer. Maybe you've stopped praying. Maybe it's been a while since you've really sought the Lord about that. And maybe it's time to just pick up the, the burden again and just bring it before the Lord and ask Him to intervene on, our, on your behalf. And by your faith, God is able to help. All right, Brother Jewel.